Hey, everybody. Welcome into another edition of Future Brew right here on maizeandbrew.com. My name is Vaughn Lozon. Joining me today, as always, to hop back on the recruiting train here for U of M, Maize and Brew recruiting contributor, John Simmons. John, how are you doing today, my friend? Good. Getting pumped up watching all this defensive tackle film. Yeah, well, it's. <laughs> I have a feeling that we're going to probably be doing that quite a bit during this cycle um, with with a lot of guys emerging and a lot of up-and-comers, especially the guys that U of M has been offering a lot lately, a lot of unranked guys, a lot of guys that are just hitting the scene here as all of the recruiting uh, guys would say. They're uh, up-and-comers. They're on the rise. They're rising prospects. That, that's what we're dealing with here. And that's what Michigan's going to be dealing with as well, uh, considering that they've got a hole to uh, fill uh, this void uh, from the decommitment of Alex Van Sumeren from last week. And we'll talk about that right off the bat here, John. And I, I think this is a pretty big loss here for Michigan. Uh, four-star defensive tackle from Essexville, Michigan, in that Bay, uh, Bay City, Saginaw area. Uh, he was 6'3", 285, and uh, he decommitted from Michigan uh, last Thursday. He was the top-ranked player in Michigan's 2022 class. Obviously, the brother of Ben Van Sumeren, who entered the transfer portal one day after he decommitted from Michigan uh, last Friday, uh, was the first commit in the class for U of M, had been committed since uh, December 16th of 2019. So he had been a long-time verbal pledge to the program. Uh, since that decommitment, he had picked up a few offers. He's got one from Virginia, Arizona, obviously Tom Brown down there, offering every Michigan prospect uh, that they don't want anymore. Uh, so he's got uh, Arizona and Virginia, also Boston College and Indiana. Already had offers from Alabama, Penn State, Michigan State, Stanford, and a lot of other schools there. So his recruitment is really starting to pick up. So uh, Michigan now only has one defensive tackle in their class committed, and they're going to be going after a lot of other guys. But let's just start with John, your initial reaction from the decommitment and how big of a loss is this moving forward for Michigan? Cause I thought he was a real nice prospect. Yeah, it was pretty shocking at first just to see a guy whose brothers on the team was committed so long, uh, ended up decommitting, but then your mind immediately goes to is like, Oh, I wonder if Ben's Van Sumeren is on the move soon. And that turned out to be uh, what happened. So once he entered the portal, it makes a lot more sense. Um, so it's definitely never a good thing when the, the top guy in your class uh, decommits, but I think Michigan can can weather it a bit. They do already have the def- the one defensive got tackle and uh, lots of time to, to get a few more. So I think they can weather this pretty well. Um, I don't, I think that both the Van Sumerans were looking for a, a defense that better fits them. I think Alex is more of a, I think he'd be a better three tech in a, in a, a four, three defense. Um, he would probably be a defensive end in Michigan's new three, four base. So I could see him also wanting to, to find a scheme that, that works well for him. Um, and it is interesting to see all these schools offer him now once he opened up, just cause he's a guy that committed so early. I'm sure a lot of schools just didn't even bother because they figured he would be a lock to Michigan. So I think uh, he's definitely a quality prospect as you know, all the, the new offers uh, show, but I'm not sure he's going to be uh, a very in- 
you know, likely option for Michigan moving forward. No, I kind of think that that ship has sailed. I think with this decommitment, it's very seldom that you see guys decommit from a class and then end up recommitting at the end of the day. Obviously there have been exceptions in the past. Aubrey Solomon being one of the higher ranked players that comes to mind. Um, But that, that was for obviously a different reason for his decommitment, but with uh, Alex Van Sumeren decommitting and yeah. And then you, yeah, like you said, you find out a day later that Ben Van Sumeren enters the portal, the writing's kind of on the wall for uh, both of those guys moving forward uh, within that Michigan defense. Had they stayed on, um, you know, it wouldn't have been a good scheme for either of them. I think it's best for them. It's best for U of M obviously wish them the best moving forward uh, in their futures there. And hopefully they're able to land somewhere uh, pretty well. It would be pretty awesome to see them both play together in college at some point. Uh, if they're able to attend the same university, it would be a good opportunity for them. But uh, with, with Alex Van Sumer and picking up these offers and things along those lines, you, you definitely don't expect him to end up uh, coming back to Michigan uh, to, to recommit. By any means, I definitely don't anticipate that. I think Sean Nua and and, uh, Mike McDonald and those guys are going to move on to other defensive tackle targets moving forward. Obviously, things can change. Maybe maybe there's a change of heart from Alex Van Sumer down the road, but at this moment in time, I don't expect him to uh, end up um, coming back to Michigan's 22 class. So uh, lots of other good prospects, though, on the defensive tackle board and a lot that have been emerging uh, within the last month or so here and obviously they're going to go swing in for a home run for Walter Nolan who is the number one defensive tackle in the class he's the number one uh, player in the state of Tennessee number two overall player on the composite at 6'4 300 pounds Uh, he put out a top 10 recently uh, last Friday I believe and put Michigan in that top 10 and it seems like Michigan's in a pretty good spot with Walter Nolan Obviously, this is going to be a very uh, tall mountain to climb here with other schools like Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State. I mean, it really is a who's who top 10 for Walter Nolan, as you would anticipate with him being the number two overall player in the class. But a guy that they offered recently that I think we should touch on here is Jordan Phillips, and he's an unraked player at this moment in time. But I think he's going to... uh, uh, burst onto the scene here uh, w- whenever they end up doing their uh, re-ranking here, John, I think he'll end up uh, as a three-star. I don't anticipate him being unranked for much longer. Uh, he's got some pretty good offers other than Michigan uh, with uh, Auburn, Iowa State, Miami, Florida, uh, Missouri, and Pittsburgh. So he's just slowly beginning to uh, emerge as a prospect here. A 6'3", 290 from Okoe, Florida. So I would anticipate him moving up in the rankings at some point soon. Uh, Definitely a guy that uh, Michigan will uh, recruit moving forward and uh, uh, definitely a space eater. If you've seen the the tape on this guy, uh, he's a pretty big dude and a guy that Sean Nua as his primary recruiter is probably going to go after pretty hard here. Yeah. And I think looking at the, the few offers he has so far speaks a lot to his ability. You know, Iowa state's known for unearthing these gems and, you know, can actually be hesitant to offer guys because they know other schools will follow him. You know, Pittsburgh uh, has one of the best defensive line coaches in the country, and they put a, a, a few guys uh, in the league so far. Auburn and just had an amazing defensive line class. So I think these are good schools to be in a group with that know their defensive linemen. 
Um, and I think this is a George Hilo offer from, given he's from Florida. I'm not sure about that, but I think uh, he'll have a good impact on Phillips recruitment here. Um, I'm excited about him. He, yeah, he, I don't know how he slipped through the, the cracks really. Um, he's definitely uh, a power five player from his film. He's pretty, he's very quick off the snap and aggressive. Uh, you know, I like his, I like his game a lot. And I think he, like don't pay attention to the unranked status right now. I think the, the ranking services have a lot of players to catch up on with all the COVID stuff happening. So right now I just say, look at the offers he has and, you know, watch the tape for yourself and you'll, you'll definitely see a quality prospect that Michigan would be uh, lucky to have. Yeah. He got offered back in December, definitely a quality prospect. Like you said, um, our good buddy Bryce Marich over at the Michigan Insider I spoke with him back in December when he landed that offer and said that uh, one of his friends just so happens to be Joe Milton, uh, the quarterback at U of M. So that's always a good thing uh, to have in your back pocket, a little, little uh, uh, feather in the cap there, if you will. Uh, it, those things definitely go uh, a little ways there uh, in, in the recruitments here. So yeah, Jordan Phillip, uh, definitely a good prospect, uh, definitely one uh, to keep your eye on moving forward. And I would imagine that they continue to go after him uh, quite hard. Uh, but let, let's just talk about Walter Nolan real quick, John, since he is uh, the top defensive tackle in the class. Like I mentioned, everybody's going after him at this point, but I narrowed it down to a top 10. And it really seems like uh, at the very least, Walter Nolan's dad is really interested uh, in the maize and blue uh, Sam Webb over at the Michigan insider caught up with uh, Mr. Nolan after his uh, son released his top 10, or I I'm sorry. I don't know if it was Sam Webb or not. I think it may have been uh, Steve Wolfong from 24 seven. Um, I think that's who interviewed uh, his dad, but whoever it was, I don't have the article right in front of me. Uh, whoever it was uh, it, the, one of the first places that uh, came out of his mouth uh, when asked, you know, where he wants to go see was Ann Arbor. So at the very least, it seems like uh, the dad is in uh, Michigan's corner there. And I, uh, Walter's already got interest uh, in Michigan being from Tennessee. Uh, there's going to be probably some pretty decent interest there. Michigan's already got two guys from that state in their 22 class uh, with Taylor Groves and Cody Jones, the uh, two four-star defensive backs there. So, and Cody Jones, uh, knowing Walter Nolan from, uh, uh, youth football there. So a couple connections there can definitely go a long way, get them on campus, see what happens. And Michigan's definitely got a fighting chance for a uh, number one D tackle in the class. Yeah. I think Michigan always does really well with recruits parents um, through recruiting, especially when they, they get them up on visits too. So, I mean, it's always a plus to have the, the mom or dad on your side, even though it's usually the player's ultimate decision. But I think, uh, Michigan's really appealing to them. Uh, I think his, his dad said that he knew pretty much that Michigan would be in the top 10. And he listed them along with the other schools like Alabama, LSU, Clemson, all the big time schools. So I think you can say that, that Michigan's probably in the top half of that top yeah. 10. Uh, so that's good to see it. And yeah, it's going to be a battle. It's probably going to go to the, the, at least the, the early signing period, if I had to guess. Um, so this is going to be, a marathon, not a sprint. So you just got to buckle in and keep chipping away. And, you know, it's, it's a recruitment that you don't expect to win and you're just going to be pleasantly surprised with if they do mm -hmm. get him. Yeah. I mean, that, that's for sure. You, you always go swinging for the fences when it comes to these guys uh, at the top of 
at not only just your board, but the, at, at the top of the class. And these kind of guys, Walter Nolans, uh, they don't grow on trees. They're going to be top targets for all of these schools moving forward. Um, so uh, definitely a guy that uh, would be a welcome addition to the class. He is a stud. Uh, go watch that film too. That's, that's pretty, pretty scary stuff. If you're an offensive lineman trying to guard that guy. Um, another guy that uh, I think we would be remiss if we didn't bring up uh, is a, a three-star defensive tackle prospect from who would have thought it's the state of Texas. And it's Jaden Scarlett at six foot, two and a half, 260 from Flower Mound, Texas, and number 420 overall on the composite, number 33 defensive tackle. Uh, he's got that Michigan offer, Sean Nua uh, being his primary recruiter. Got some other pretty good offers as well. Texas A&M, uh, Utah, they're known for their defensive linemen there. Uh, Penn State, Oklahoma State, Nebraska, uh, Minnesota, uh, Baylor, Arizona State. So he, he's picking up a lot of really good offers too. Uh, definitely going to be one to watch moving forward. And uh, again, another guy that, you know, isn't super highly ranked right now, but I think there is a chance uh, that he could also move up into the rankings uh, uh, moving forward whenever they end up uh, uh, changing the rankings for the 22 class. It might be a little while here since they've, they've got to go through so much stuff. And some of the uh, football seasons haven't even really started yet uh, with these uh, uh, spring seasons happening uh, because of the pandemic. But again, uh, Jane Scarlett, uh, definitely one to watch and a guy that I personally uh, enjoyed watching the film on as well. Yeah. I like Scarlett a lot too. I, I think uh, he reminded me a lot of, uh, of Jaden Phillips. Uh, I think they have pretty, or Jordan Phillips, sorry. Uh, pretty similar tape. They're, they're both pretty violent uh, and really quick off the snap, which I liked a lot. I think, uh, I think Scarlett had uh, some good bend too. He's uh, listed right now at six two and a half, two sixty. So I think he's going to be more of a defensive end guy um, at the instead of the nose and get him up to two eighty. Um, I think he would be definitely a good addition. Uh, being from Texas, you know, you can see Mo Linguist and Brian uh, Jean Marie helping out Sean Nua there as well. They've got good connections uh, down there in Texas. So I think that's uh, something to look out for as well. Uh, you know, he's not he doesn't have some of the big time schools, um, but he's got a lot of the Texas ones. So it'll be a little bit of a battle, but I think it's definitely winnable. Another guy that's definitely not a, uh, a, a three, four defensive end. This guy is a uh, middle of the D line guy all the way. And uh, he's uh, of Samoan descent. So Sean new has been all over him quite for quite a while. Now uh, he, he got offered back in July of last year. So uh, this isn't one of those recent additions to the offer list by any means, but this is Peter Teoipu. I, I don't know if I pronounced that correctly or not. Uh, I apologize. I probably butchered it, but six, five, three fifty, not on the composite yet, but 24 seven has him as a, a pretty low three-star at 84. Um, number 17 player in the state of Washington, number 53 defensive tackle overall on 24 sevens rankings there. Uh, but again, th this guy is just a straight up space eater and definitely a guy that you would want to put in the middle of your defensive line. He's got some other pretty interesting offers as well. Uh, Arizona state, Colorado, Nebraska um, have all offered him. And uh, there appears to be some interest from Washington as well, but they have not offered him yet up to this point. So uh, a couple decent offers there. 
obviously with Sean Nua's ties to the Simone community, there's definitely going to be some interest. Uh, they offered him quite a while ago last summer. And I want to say that Michigan was his first offer as well. So um, it, it, there's not a whole lot of competition at this moment in time, but again, uh, we haven't really heard a whole lot about this kid. So I'd be interested to hear about him uh, a little bit more moving forward, but I do think that he is uh, among the targets at the defensive tackle position uh, moving forward here, John. Yeah. I think when you, we talked about when Don Brown left uh, him kind of holding back Sean Nua recruiting, I think this is the type of guy that uh, Brown didn't want Nua to recruit as much because he's so big. Um, And I think Brown wanted those, you know, smaller, more athletic guys or quicker guys. But I think now with the base three, four, uh, Teopu is going to be, you know, the, the planet sized space eater in the middle, in the middle that you need to anchor that defense. So uh, Michigan's going to need one or two of those every class. And I think uh, Nua obviously has liked him for a while now. And uh, now that, you know, he has a little more uh, say in who he's recruiting, I think uh, you can definitely see Michigan pay more attention to him. I think so too. Were there any other D tackles that you, you thought that you wanted to bring up at all? Or, I mean, those are kind of the guys that stick out to my mind. Um, anybody uh, I else? Want to bring up Hayden Schwartz from Jacksonville. Uh, he's definitely going to be a guy that's a defensive end, maybe even an outside linebacker. Um, but, you know, you just watch him and he kind of just reminds you of Chase Winovich with like yeah. violent and just the, the motor all the time. They, you just have the same mannerisms kind of. So, I think he would be a really fun guy to watch too. He's kind of, he's ranked basically the same as uh, Jaden Scarlett as that uh, high three-star guy, but I think he would be really fun to watch. He just goes, uh, you know, pit, uh, pin his ears back all the time, every play. Yeah. That's a dude that just hits. I, he just has no regard for human life when he goes in for a tackle. Um, oh, that's what you get when your father is a uh, former linebacker in the NFL with Brian Ryan Schwartz is, is his uh, father there was second round pick in 95 um, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So a real nice player there as well. I, I think that, um, and he's one of the more recent uh, offers for Michigan. He's been offered within the last few weeks there and he's got some pretty other uh, good offers as well from uh, places like Stanford and Iowa state who we've already mentioned Washington state. Um, yeah. Real nice player. I, I think he's got a chance to be one of Michigan's top targets at the end of the day. And probably another guy that could be a, a, a rankings bump a candidate there uh, by the time it's all said and done. So yeah, I, I like Hayden Schwartz as a prospect quite a bit too. Um, re, yeah. I, I think that Winovich comparison is, is really good. Cause he just, he doesn't stop. He, he just goes man. And, uh, and that, that was exactly picture, what Winovich was. You can picture a long blonde mane coming out from <laughs> under that helmet. Pretty easily. Yep. Just and if he can't, if he doesn't want to grow the uh, long hair, just strap a wig on and throw the helmet yeah. on, and yeah, it would look exactly like like Chase. Um, <laughs> it would it would be a flawless comparison. But but all right, well, we will move on here, and uh, we're we're gonna come back from the break and talk about a few pass catchers in the twenty two class that uh, you should definitely uh, keep on the radar moving forward. A couple guys that. You would expect to hear their name uh, quite often uh, as this recruiting class continues here. But it is now time to talk about home field apparel. And if you don't know what home field apparel is, 
Uh, This is probably your first time listening to the podcast. So welcome, uh, first of all. But Home Field is a premium collegiate apparel brand based out of Indianapolis. And not only is their stuff comfortable, uh, but it is officially licensed gear. So they really do not screw around when it comes to these designs. And the team over there, they study every school's history, traditions, legacies. They create thoughtful designs from that to tell the unique story of each university. And Home Field has some really amazing original Michigan designs that you will not find anywhere else. And they launched that back in the fall and they've really got some awesome stuff. I picked up some stuff for Christmas for the family and it was super comfortable, fit great. If you're looking for t-shirts, crewnecks, whatever you need, they've got it uh, for you to stay cozy this winter season with all the snow coming in the northeastern part of the country. So if you need some stuff now, some vintage apparel, look no further than Homefield and use the promo code MNB as in Maize and Brew, to get 20% off your whole first order. Again, use that code MNB at checkout. Get 20% off that entire first order. Go to homefieldapparel.com. Start shopping today. All right, everybody, we're going to wrap up the podcast today. We started with defense. We're going to switch to offense here, uh, which we haven't really talked a whole lot about. Uh, Some of these offensive guys that they're going after in 22, I feel like it's just been all defensive linemen, all linebackers, all defensive backs, uh, especially with all of the new assistant coaches coming in. So rightfully so that we have been talking a lot about the defense, but let's switch over to the receivers here. Receiver probably isn't going to be a huge position of need in this 22 class, but there are a few guys out there that I really like, John. Obviously, the top guys, I think, at the end of the day, uh, there's a few of them. Tyler Morris, uh, six foot speedster uh, from Illinois. Caleb Brown, uh, who's like a shifty kind of hybrid running back wide receiver. And my personal favorite, which we'll get into in a little bit here, m- moving forward with some of the uh, down the field, bigger bodied guys is Darius Clemens. I think that guy's a stud, but let's focus in right now. I just want to get your thoughts and opinions on uh, Morrison Brown, I mean, they've been the mainstay of the targets moving into this 22 class. Uh, they're both top 100 kids, both heavily interested uh, in Michigan, and Michigan has a similar interest in them as well. Uh, Josh Gaddis has really formed a nice relationship with Tyler Morris and Caleb Brown, but it's going to be up to Ron Bellamy now, uh, along with Gaddis, to continue those relationships moving forward. So do you think that with the wide receiver board kind of expanding a little bit, do you think that these guys are going to remain those top two targets in this class? Or do you think it's going to kind of change up? And how do you think of these guys as prospects? Well, first of all, I think they're both really great prospects. Obviously, they're in the, the top 100. Uh, they're both great with the football. Um, but more of the inside slot guys probably. Um, so I think at that position as inside guys, they are still going to be at the top of the board. Uh, Michigan's going to want, you know, to keep those uh, shifty guys uh, for speed and space, uh, you know, a couple every year. And I think uh, those two will fit the bill. You just kind of got to keep up with them after leading for so long, things can kind of get stagnant. Um, and I know Ohio State's making a push for Caleb Brown, especially lately. So um, if they want to to keep him locked up, they're going to have to make a, a push and get him to to uh, commit. 
Um, but I think they're, they're both would be welcome additions uh, in the class for sure. Um, but, you know, I think it's the inside guys aren't quite as much of a need given the type of prospects that Michigan's taken in the last few classes with the Giles Jackson and Mike Sanders still and Xavier Worthy, those types of guys. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think moving forward, they're going to need some more of these bigger bodied guys um, on the outside. And like I kind of alluded to there, Darius Clemens is probably one of the best in the country. He's 6'3", 205, played this past season in the state of Utah because of uh, the COVID uh, pandemic, wanted to still be able to play high school football. So he went over to Utah, had a really nice season. And uh, 24-7, Brandon Huffman, who's one of the recruiting guys out West, compares him to Allen Robinson from the Chicago Bears. So, I mean, that really has uh, a lot to say about uh, Darius Clemens and the abilities that he has on the football field. So uh, I think he is among the best. He allegedly, according to uh, 24-7 here, ran a 4.37 40-yard dash uh, back in uh, the summer of 2020. So uh, really, really a freaky prospect here, John. Uh, and that's that's all I got to say for now. He's just a beast. Yeah, he's got the rare combination of size and speed that would make him really hard to defend. And, uh, you know, he's originally from the Lansing area, I believe. He grew up, like, being friends with Andrew Anthony. So yep. that's going to help a lot. And, you know, hiring Ron Bellamy is actually going to help with a guy who's grew up in Oregon and plays in Utah because he's from originally from Michigan. So I think that's going to be a, a big help and help uh, renew their interest there in Clemens. So, yeah, uh, landing him would be huge. Um, and I think he's definitely looking – uh, back to the Midwest schools, he's got crystal balls for Michigan State and Penn State so far, um, both both of which are, you know, uh, at least six months, in some cases over well over a year old. So, yeah, uh, I think he's pretty open. And uh, with Josh Gaddis and Ron Bellamy going both after him, I think Michigan's got a pretty good shot. Yeah, I think so, too. I think the, the connection with Andrell Anthony might pay dividends down the line. Yeah, these crystal balls are really old looking at these now. The Michigan State one is from 2019, so I, I don't know where that came from. But the uh, Penn State one was from May of last year, and that's before his recruitment took off. I mean, his recruitment really took off when he ran that 4-3-7-40. That's when he started picking up uh, a ton of other offers. He got Washington. Notre Dame, Stanford, all in that area. And then he's since picked up Auburn, uh, Wisconsin, Ole Miss, Arizona. So he, he's really started to pick up the offers there. Uh, so I really like him as a prospect. I think he is a stud on the football field. I think he's going to move up the rankings and he's already highly ranked. He's at 129 overall right now, number 17 receiver. So I, I think there's a chance that he moves up. And uh, that's really saying something, considering he's already a, a, a mid to high ranked four star prospect. So I, I really like him moving forward. I think it would be foolish for Michigan not to go all in on him because uh, I really think he's a special prospect at the end of the day. Um, In-state kid that we haven't really heard a ton about, John, but I, I think we will a little bit more moving forward. And that's Jaden Mangum. He plays at Groves High School in, in my neck of the woods here uh, in the uh, Beverly Hills, uh, Franklin, Michigan area. He's a three-star right now in the composite, listed as an athlete. 
He's 6'3", 185, uh, but he's got some really nice offers, um, to say the least. He's, you know he's going to be a good prospect if he's got offers from Bama, Florida, obviously Michigan, Oregon, Penn State, uh, Nebraska. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on for offers uh, that he has received uh, as well. So, uh, again, not a guy that we've heard a lot about, uh, but I think we will hear a little bit more about him moving forward. It seems like there is some renewed interest on Michigan's side of things here with uh, Ron Bellamy hopping on board. I think he's going to start hearing from Bellamy quite a bit. Yeah, definitely. I agree with Bellamy on staff. I think they're going to go after him uh, even harder, um, which kind of I think solidifies the fact that he'll be playing offense on the offensive side of the ball for Michigan. Um, I know his brother played for, or also from Michigan, went to play for Mel Tucker at Colorado. So people are thinking that, you know, he was pretty uh, much a lock to go to Michigan State. But then, uh, you know, Jaden or Jaron Mangum ended up transferring, but not back to Michigan State to UCF. So I don't think it's a given that he's a, a Spartan lock right now. And I think Michigan could keep a, a, putting the heat on him and eventually get him. And, you know, he's just so lanky. 6'3", 185, like you said, I think he's going to be a great target on the outside. Yeah, I'd be interested to see his development moving into his senior season. Would love to see him um, on offense for sure in in his final year of of high school football. Uh, We'll see if uh, that ends up translating to uh, more interest from from Bellamy. I would expect so. Uh, Another guy that I would expect more interest from uh, on Michigan side of things, who holds a couple crystal balls to Michigan State is Tayshawn Trent, who's kind of in that middle range where he could end up being a receiver, could end up being a tight end. He's 6'4, 205 from East Point, Michigan. So in that Detroit area, he's a, a composite four star, uh, 268 overall, 36 uh, at the position, number seven in the state of Michigan. Of course, he's going to have the Michigan and Michigan State offers, but he's also interested in Kentucky. He's got a Penn State offer, Pittsburgh, Syracuse, West Virginia, Louisville. So he's got some pretty good offers here as well. Again, another guy that I think Michigan's going to pick up the pace for here with Ron Bellamy on staff. I really like Trent. I don't know why they weren't going after him uh, harder, more sooner. And um, honestly, I I think he – I feel like he could end up outgrowing the wide receiver position, but even so, if you've got him at tight end, watch out, man. I I like the way he plays football. Yeah. It'd be great to see him as kind of that flex tight end type guy. Um, They can, you know, throw the ball up to in the the red zone, things like that. Um, You know, he's pretty interesting athlete, like, you know, clips on his film, even have him lining up as a wildcat guy, you know, close to the goal line. Yeah. I think he's pretty good with the ball in his hands too, which is a, good asset for a guy his size at that age so um you know this is also good and it looks like it's going to be a michigan michigan state battle with kentucky of course steve Kling scales always looking to poach those these uh guys uh, in this range at michigan too so uh, i think it's kind of that classic midwest battle there um michigan state did just get a couple crystal balls at the beginning of the month but we'll see about that i think bellamy Again, being on staff is huge. He immediately became his primary recruiter. Um, He knows Detroit so well. So I think it's going to be a good race. We'll see if uh, Michigan State can finally pick themselves up off the recruiting mat here 
and uh, get a signature win that they need. But I don't know if I'm going to count mm-hmm. out Bellamy and Trone more. One guy that I don't think they're going to pick up the pace for, they, they haven't even offered this kid. Uh, another in-state guy from Fordson High School in Dearborn is Antonio Gates Jr., uh, which, of course, he's the kid of Antonio Gates who, who played in the NFL. You know, that Antonio Gates. Um, I just don't know why they haven't offered him at all. Michigan State has, and they've got all four crystal ball predictions uh, for him. He's a composite four-star. Uh, just a shade uh, ranked under Tayshawn Trent. He's 270. And uh, again, uh, I, I just wish that U of M would, would offer him and go after him. I think he's a good prospect. I don't know why you wouldn't go after uh, an in-state four-star wide receiver like him. Um, but nonetheless, here we are. Um, it, probably going to end up in East Lansing if uh, the crystal balls have any indicator there. Uh, a prospect that I like that they probably won't go after. So, um, I mean, it, it's we're already in February of 21. And uh, I, I would imagine that uh, with the board expanding and if they haven't called him yet and if they haven't offered him yet, they probably won't, especially with uh, all the crystal balls with Michigan State. Obviously, Michigan could jump in the recruitment and give themselves a fighting chance, but I just don't really see much happening here, John. Yeah, I was kind of expecting him to be one of the the guys they offered when Bellamy was hired, but that hasn't happened yet. And you know, without he doesn't have a he doesn't have a Notre Dame offer either, which makes you think maybe there's something going on off the field that um, is making Michigan gun shy, but. Who knows? I mean, I think you'd think looking yeah. at him, he seems, you know, with his bloodlines and his play in the field, he's definitely uh, the caliber of player that Michigan can go after. Uh, so, yeah, I know people have been clamoring for him to get offered for a while. You know, you want the, the son of one of the greatest tight ends of all time yeah. on your team, in your program. I think that would be great for Michigan and, you know, just an in-state guy. So maybe one day we'll figure out what's going on here, but it doesn't look very likely as of now. Unfortunately, it does not because, uh, yeah, I mean, who knows? I will probably never really know um, the full story, but a nice prospect. Nonetheless, if Michigan State picks him up, that's a good win for them, quite honestly. So we will definitely see what happens there, but I'm not going to anticipate a whole lot happening on the front of Antonio Gates Jr. Let's talk about a, a pass catcher in the form of a tight end here who actually just put out his top 13 list, which I know it's a 13 list. It's a lot, but it it does ease the burden of the kids somewhat. It's Oscar Delp, who Michigan was the first to offer. Uh, He, uh, when they offered him, he wasn't ranked at all. I don't believe, correct me if I'm wrong, John, but I don't think he was ranked at the time. Yeah. Uh, Six, five, two 20. Now, that Michigan offered him and a lot of these other schools have uh, he's a four-star and he's probably just going to keep rising. He's the number 10 overall tight end on the composite 235 overall from the state of Georgia. Um, He's got the Georgia offer. He's got the Michigan offer, Alabama, Auburn, Clemson has offered him as well. They're showing a lot of interest and it's reciprocated interest, Florida, Florida state, Ohio State, Oklahoma. I mean, he's got offers from everywhere. Um, But funny enough, Ohio State um, did not make the top 13 list for Oscar Delp. Um, But a lot of these other schools did, Michigan being one of them. uh, They're going to have to fight the likes of uh, Clemson, uh, Alabama, USC, 
Georgia, Florida, a, a lot of these other uh, really good schools here. So it, it good to see that they made his top 13 list. Again, I'm not going to take much away from a top 13 list by any means, but he's a real good prospect. Runs a 4.6640 uh, at 6.4. A 2.12 is what he clocked in at at the uh, National Combine. This was uh, already outdated by a year, but with those numbers being from a year ago, you would anticipate those numbers to be better today. So uh, a good prospect for sure. Michigan with already one tight end in the class uh, can kind of play with house money and gamble on a, a big rising prospect like Delp. And I think it's smart of them to do so. Yeah. I think that top 13, there's pretty much an unofficial top three of Georgia Clemson and Michigan, which is, you know, a very uphill battle for a prospect from Georgia, uh, to get him to come all the way up north. And the fact that he said Michigan was his dream school growing up, you know, uh, is usually a, a nail in the coffin of a recruitment for Michigan. Yep. Goodbye. He, Might as well. Jackson, <laughs> right. So, you know, it, it's the weird effect of it making me less like uh, optimistic, but they were his first offer, which I do think holds weight. Um, and you can kind of see yeah. how quickly that recruitment exploded once they were the first ones to take a chance on Delp. So I think that will definitely stand out. Uh, and he's, he's definitely more of a, a flex tight end too. I know like Florida is comparing him to Kyle Pitts, which of course they're going to say that, but I think it's more, you know, <laughs> speaks to the fact that he's a, he's a wide receiver guy um, mm-hmm. more than like an inline blocker. So uh, I think that's, he's going to be a pass catcher. And I think he could he'd do well with Marlon Klein in the class already. I think Georgia's got a really deep class of uh, tight ends this year because they're also going after Holden Stays, yep. who's a Penn State decommit, also from Georgia. So uh, interesting to see how many guys they can land from that state this year to play tight end. But uh, if they had their way, I think Delp would be one of their top guys for sure. Yeah, well, you beat me to the punch on Holden Stays. I was going to bring him up next. Funny you mentioned the the kids from Georgia. It definitely is a talented group of tight ends from the state of Georgia in this 22 class. Holden Stays being from Atlanta, uh, a solid four-star there, 204 overall, number six overall tight end. Like you had mentioned, decommitted from Penn State recently, wanted to open up his uh, recruitment now that Penn State's tight ends coach uh, has moved on. Um, from the program and he's picked up some uh, he picked up the Notre Dame offer just a few days ago uh, so uh, Notre Dame obviously being a, uh, a historically great a tight end school as well uh, but I would expect Michigan to at least uh, touch base with Holden stays now that he's decommitted from Penn State give it a shot they were very interested in him before his commitment to the Nittany Lions so I would anticipate them at least touch base with him, check in, see if there's any uh, mutual interest, and then go from there at the very least. Yeah, you can kind of tell how much they like stays, given how quickly it was uh, reported that they were going to be going after him again after he decommitted from Penn State. So I think they really like him a lot, and uh, you'll definitely see them going after him uh, until he makes his next decision. Yep. So he's definitely going to be one moving forward uh, to look for. And then one final guy here, John, is uh, Jason Llewellyn unranked tight end from Texas. Uh, Again, that state of Texas being hit very hard uh, with offers from Michigan uh, over the last month or two. Um, Like I said, unranked, but uh, he's a guy that a lot of recruiting 
folks are anticipating a move up in the rankings along with Michigan. He has offers from Texas at TCU, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Michigan State, Indiana, uh, Colorado, Baylor, uh, to name just a few of those. He's got other offers as well. And he's 6'5", 240, more of a, a traditional tight end, so to speak, not not a, uh, a you know, like a flex tight end that's going to go down the field and, and only go down the field by any means. But uh, a decent prospect here uh, with all of these, uh, a lot of the good offers that he's received uh, over the last a month or two. Uh, like I said, I would anticipate a rankings bump here and a guy that Michigan will definitely keep uh, uh, hitting up uh, down the line here. Um, Jay Harbaugh was the one that extended the offer. I believe that was Jay Harbaugh's first offer uh, returning back to the tight end room. So with with him personally giving that offer to Llewellyn, I think he's probably going to be among the top targets at the position now. Yeah, definitely. Looks like he could be another Delp where he goes from unranked to four star top 10 at the position pretty easily. Um, But yeah, Michigan wasn't the first one in on him by any means, uh, but I think he, they're going to be a, a major factor. And I think Harbaugh is going to prioritize him for sure. Yeah, I believe so too. I think with Harbaugh establishing that first point of contact and giving him that offer, I, I think that's um, really going to establish that relationship and, and they will more than likely continue that uh, moving forward. So yeah, just, just a few of the pass catchers here that I think Michigan will be in on moving forward in this 22 class. There's a ton of really good ones. Um, John, who's your favorite among all these guys? Do you have a favorite? Because I already Mm -hmm. named mine with Clemens. I mean, I think Clemens is a beast. Yeah, I I think Clemens is pretty clearly the the best guy after there. But I think in terms of tight ends, I think Delp is really a special player. Yeah. Um, You know, out of the guys that could potentially – lineup in line. So I think uh, Delp and Clemens were, are going to be the dream tandem there. Yeah. If you want Michigan to land any of them. Yeah. Dream, dream tandem for sure is, uh, is Delp and Clemens. I think those guys would be studs. Uh, well, w- they will be studs wherever they end up going, um, but would be nice to get them in Ann Arbor. That's for sure. Um, John, was there anybody else that you wanted to uh, bring up here? I, th- I think I touched on everybody. Yeah. I think you got everyone else thinking of. Oh, okay. Awesome. Well, hey, I believe that's going to do it for today's show. I, uh, John, appreciate you coming on. As always, we'll get Stephen back on next week, hopefully. Uh, but thank you all for listening. Greatly appreciated. You can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. And John, where are you, my friend? At Simmons underscore John. And be sure to follow Maze and Brew on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. We're everywhere these days. Follow Stephen Ossentoski's work on the Mason Brew YouTube channel, putting out content all the time. And with Michigan basketball finally back, uh, there's going to be a lot more, well, I guess Michigan, uh, everything back, basketball, hockey, and there's going to be a lot of content on the YouTube channel. So I'll be sure uh, to look out for that as well. Be sure to rate and subscribe all our podcasts. We would greatly appreciate it. Download our podcasts wherever you get them. So again, thank you all for listening. He's John Simmons. I am Vaughn Lozon. We'll be back next week. Go blue.